Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box here on the AHL Report. It is, it's October. Hashtag, is it October yet? Why, yes, it is. It is Tuesday, October 2nd. Hockey season is officially here. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. And I'm joined each and every week by the fabulous, the one and only, the editor-in-chief of all of our Rocket Sports Media brands and the founder of our group, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, October is here. It is. And can I just say that I really love that opening song. Um, It's pretty hip. Curtis Mayfield. Uh, and, And the thing is that the Deuce used to use use it frequently and they're not this year um which is a very big disappointment i happen to love the deuce and um it's a very good show but yeah they changed theme songs this year it's i don't like it don't like that'll be a top five is our top five lists are they coming back this year they are okay well that would be a top five list is theme song top five favorite shows on tv that aren't hockey that aren't about hockey all right what do you well, want when you're not watching hockey you know i might need longer than a top five list for that but uh <laughs> i don't know <laughs> what do they say you can sleep when you're dead something like that um because mm-hmm. we certainly watch plenty of hockey but uh there's also plenty of time for some shows as well so yes we are going to top five was always a very popular segment uh, in our inaugural season, it is going to come back. Probably not going to be a weekly feature, but uh, we are going to bring that back occasionally. So I have officially written it down. Top five television shows. The Deuce was probably going to be a contender. What about probably. Where Are They Now? I, I, heard, I heard that was really, really popular. Where Are They Now? Well, the, see, here's the, here's the thing about Where Are They Now? Where Are They Now is is kind of a perennial feature here at From the Press Box because every year there's going to be updates to even people that you mentioned in years prior because hockey players move all over the place. So there's always going to be updating to go on on Where Are They Now. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's coming. I would bet that's actually it, but that's your and that's your segment. So you know, get cracking. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but pair pair them down a little bit. Is that what is that your advice? No, I didn't say. I, I said nothing <laughs> of the sort. Right. Said nothing of the sort. So what if we got on is, today's show? Well, we have. I feel like a broken record sometimes, but I'm going to say it again. We have a stack show from top to bottom today, a lot to talk about, and we are at that point where things are happening minute by minute, and they continue to happen today. So, you know, as is always the case while we're doing the podcast, I'm going to keep one eyeball on social media to see if anything else breaks while we're in the middle of of things, but we do have a lot to talk about. The NHL and AHL preseasons both wrapped up this weekend, so we're going to take a look at how the Canadians and the Flyers uh, performed in those last uh, couple of games to end the preseason in respect to the prospects that were kind of on the bubble and how did they do and 
and how did they perform and who looks like they're sticking with their teams to make that opening night roster and, and who's heading back to the AHL. Uh, so going along with that, then we are going to talk about training camp cuts and trades. Yes, folks, trades, the, the, the trades are happening already. Um, now that things are settling down and getting into the regular season. So we're going to talk about that a little bit as well. Uh, we have a new feature, uh, that we're going to get to this week, um, which will be a weekly feature here from the press box called Winners and Losers, where Rick and I are going to break down. And this isn't just related to the AHL. This is because from the press box really kind of has a very broad scope uh, for hockey. Yes, we focus on the AHL. Yes, we focus within the AHL very heavily on the Laval Rocket and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Um, However, our coverage is all of the AHL and beyond that, ECHL, junior hockey, prospects, international play, um, just things in the hockey realm as far as human interest stories. There's just there's a ton of material that we can cover, and we only have this little bit of time every week to do it. So what we're going to do is every week, Rick and I are going to break down one winner and one loser for each of us of just things that are going on, whether it's the teams we cover or the hockey world in general that we liked and we didn't like that happened during the week. So that's coming up in just a little bit. We're going to talk about a special offer. You know, Rick, we've been hyping that uh, the AHL has a new streaming service this year. Well, they have a special offer out for opening weekend that we're going to talk about. And of course, as the regular season opens up this week, uh, we'll talk about our Rocket Sports Media team and what kind of coverage you can expect to get, what uh, games we're going to be focusing on, and uh, where you'll get all of your information. Wow. Yeah. That's busy. Very busy. We like to be busy. So we've got a lot to cover. Were you, bu- were you busy over the weekend watching your uh, Philadelphia Eagles? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Actually, well, you know, you know what? what? The Eagles are two what? and two, and and when they start the season two and two, they tend to go to the playoffs. So I ain't worried. I'm not worried. Not worried. Well, my Vikings lost, and it was it seems ages ago, but it was back on uh, Thursday. Um, my Vikings lost to maybe maybe the best team in the NFC in the. Uh, in the Rams, and it was just an insane game, 38-31, uh, all offense, um, tons of offense, and uh, and even even in losing, be- because the Vikings showed that they could go toe to toe with the Rams, they um, they jumped up in their in the power rankings this week. So um, not great that 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 they suffered a loss, but. Um, um, Not great. Uh, I picked them in my picks pool. I picked <laughs> them to win. Thank you very much. Well, speaking of pools, I did pretty well in in the picks pool, and I won two two out of three head to head matchups in in fantasy. So uh, I felt pretty good about that. There's one that that I didn't win, but I, it's not a, really a league I pay much attention to. So. Actually, you know, our, our primary All Habs League, uh, I believe you and I were matched up head to head in fantasy football this oh, week. Is that the and 
Yeah, and um, as far as I can remember, here let me just let me just pull that up. To, I because I think if I remember correctly, close, I think last it? week that I said that I was going to mop the floor with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and out of our twelve team league, what happened? yeah, it looks like I I logged the highest score of our entire twelve team league this week and beat you by. Almost a forty-point margin. A touchdown. A forty points. Wow. One fifty-five to one eighteen. Problems. There's there's injuries and injury problems. Really. <laughs> Didn't I beat you Something. the week before that in 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 the ESPN league? No, I think I I don't I can't remember actually. <laughs> well, all Habs fantasy hockey is drafting tonight, so I'm I'm already. Scheming and and ready to go, ready to do it. All Habs fantasy sports. We have both fantasy hockey and fantasy football. And um, in in fantasy sports, uh, we've got several leagues. Um, and um, if we can't get you in this year, if we can't shoehorn you into one of those leagues, uh, we'll put your name on a waiting list. So so. Um, Hit us up on on uh, on Twitter, on uh, any of the social medias, Facebook, whatever. And um, if you want to play fantasy sports, whether it's hockey or we don't do the fantasy golf, that would be now you that would be, be interested in that. But I know. I would enjoy that. I played fantasy baseball once, and mm-hmm. I think I stopped playing about an eighth of the way through the season because I just wanted to hang myself. What about fantasy bass fish, fishing? Isn't that a thing? Fantasy bass fishing? Yeah, actually, yeah. Who has Did a bass? you hit your head? I don't, I don't know how. No, I don't know how that works. But, but as far as golf, um, fantasy or otherwise, is there going to be golf anymore? Is it does it, will it exist after this past weekend? The lawsuits they're they're going to stream in after the the tragic event at the Ryder Cup in in France. It was in Paris, so I'm not really worried about it. We'll be fine for golf here in, in the U.S. and Canada. Well, I, That's okay. I, I, I read that it was just a headline in the Washington Post where a woman said that um, a drive from Brooks Kepka um, fractured her eye socket and made her eyeball explode. So did not explode. Okay, <laughs> she, she, she has said. lost She's lost vision in her eye, which, hi, pay it. If you're going to stand in the front row, not all that many yards off the tee box, maybe you should pay attention, first of all. Sorry, people, I have no sympathy. Pay attention to what's going on. Maybe also don't look directly at the tee box when someone's teeing off. Um, and the people from the Ryder Cup are taking care of all the medical bills and all the trying to get her... I mean, there's no need for suing. And 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 Brooks Kepka gave gave uh, her his uh, golf clubs. So <laughs> he poked well, what her eye out gave her woman? golf <laughs> I mean, at least Brooks Kepka is nice enough to do that. Instead, anyone who's ever like, okay, I I was not happy at the Masters this year. Everybody thought that Patrick Reed was like, oh, he was like the Cinderella story swan song at the Masters. And, oh, he won the Masters. Oh, it's wonderful. And I couldn't 
stand I can't stand Patrick Reed. I think I think he's cocky. I think he's arrogant. I don't like his again? attitude. Yes. Okay. Like I, I used to say this to John Daly all the time. Maybe you should like always walk and never take a cart. I'm sorry. But okay. Patrick Reed annoys the living snot out of me. And he had a temper tantrum this weekend because in, in past Ryder Cups, he and Jordan Spieth have paired very well together. They play off of each other very well in, in, uh, in that kind of, of a tournament. And he apparently went into the Ryder Cup under the assumption that he'd be paired with, with Jordan Spieth. And apparently under Spieth's request, Jim Furyk, who was, who was doling out the pairings, um, decided to put Jordan Spieth with Justin Thomas. And then Patrick Reed was with, oh, I don't know, Tiger Woods. And then Tyrell Hatton. Well, <laughs> Jordan Spieth had a, great ra- had, a, had a great tournament, had a great Ryder Cup. Patrick Reed, not so much. And he, he like, literally went off on them. He's and and totally blasted Jordan Spieth publicly, blasted Jim Furyk publicly, and I'm just like, would you please take your little whiny pants and go home? Just please, and someone else win the Masters next year because just turn in your green jacket on the way out. Sorry, and wow. Rand. I get very, I get very golf, you know. Telling well, you. you know what, you're going to be. Uh, excited to hear then on, um, you know, we do the national day calendar just yes. because we keep getting asked about it. And yes. um, national golf lovers day is this Thursday. So you're well, sign me up. I I'm right there. The funny thing is that Thursday is national golf lovers day, national taco day and national vodka day. So you're all set. I mean, that's your day. Taco, hold on, let me write this down. Taco, mm-hmm. vodka, and golf. Right. Wow. That's a combination. Mm-hmm. Today, unfortunately, not as exciting. Um, Come on. National, National Fried Scallops Day, which, eh, okay. Fr- um, fried Scallops? Uh-huh. Why National is that, Name why Your is Car there, Day. Okay. I want to know, at me on Twitter, if you name your car. Even I want you quality? to at me. I want you to, <laughs> I want to know if you name your car. I want to know what kind of car you have. And I want to know what you named it. And then I'm going to block you. I'm having a day. I think I'm going to be cranky today. I didn't. St- I, I don't like. Patrick Reed's got me all fired up now. The, don't name your other, car. The other day, uh, it is National Custodial Workers Recognition Day. Um, so, hug, hug your janitor. Hey, hug I, your you janitor. know, give them, give them a day, and I don't know, like, do something nice for the I. I have much respect for anyone who is in the custodial realm because let's be honest, folks, nobody wants that job. 
And there are so many people that take it because they just need a job and it's a paycheck. And so I have a lot of respect for those people. Be nice to your custodial crew wherever you go, especially at the hockey rink, because come on, you've all seen what an arena looks like after a game and how many people do not clean up after themselves. Yeah. Be nice to your custodial folks. What, which arena, which AHL arena is it that, that they have like leaf blowers and they just go through the, the Utica. aisles with a leaf blower? Uh, <laughs> they just blow the stuff all Utica, over. because it drives okay. me insane. I love that rank dearly. I really, really do. But when you're trying to think after you get done with, with post-game interviews and all you hear is like eight leaf blowers echoing off the ice, it's, it's a bit much. Well, and this is not on the National Day calendar, but I'm just going to toss it on there. It's uh, get your ass to Tim Hortons and pick up your upper deck Tim Hortons hockey cards. And Um, then mail them to me because the U.S. is stupid and Tim Hortons doesn't offer them in the U.S. So I'm, I'm putting out a call, like, send me some Tim Hortons packs, please. Hockey card packs. I won't block you on Twitter. They're only releasing 12 million packs, and there's 36 million of us Canadians. So um, you better get there, and you better get them. Um, and, yes, send some to Please. put your, your post office box out there. And, and, um, and all of your, your listeners and followers, uh, put a pack in, in the mail for, for Amy. I will send you. I have. I have. I have some Canadian cash laying around here somewhere. I will send me your Tim Hortons hockey card packs. Well, I have it on good authority that people will take Canadian Tire money too. So if you have any of that, I, I do, alas, I do not. Um, <laughs> can't can't say that I do. I can't say that I do. Well, so with that, shoot. Oh, do we still have some podcast to do? We do. Okay. <laughs> well, since I'm uh, all fired up and here we go, uh, let's talk a little bit about the let's, – let's start with the NHL preseasons that wrapped up over the weekend, Rick. Um, we uh, attended one. We were able to uh, be at the Wells Fargo Center on Thursday night for the Flyers versus Rangers. Um, and then the Flyers then traveled to Boston and had their final preseason game at TD Garden against the Bruins on Saturday uh, the Habs, on the other side of things, they had their final game against uh, the Senators on Saturday night. Um, so there were a lot of, there was still a lot of bubble players kind of hanging out, making decisions, what's going to happen here and there. Um, I thought the Flyers, uh, Flyers had a had a decent preseason stretch. Uh, the Canadians certainly didn't end things on a high note. Yeah, you said that the uh, preseason ended on uh, on Saturday in Ottawa. I'm not sure that's true. I, I know that there was many that showed up for that game, um, and uh, particularly um, uh, frustrating um, uh, from uh, to, to watch it um, for the bubble players. You, you would have expected to see a lot better effort out of the the Canadians bubble players. And none of them, um, none of them no. really showed up uh, at all, particularly um, 
I thought Michael Chaput had a terrible game. Um, mm-hmm. um, Agostino was was invisible. Um, uh, Simone Dupre, I I I still don't understand. Um, but it was it was yeah it was it was a difficult difficult game. I thought in that game the best player in the ice was Joel Armia, and um, and he's been good throughout uh, throughout the camp. Um, he said after the game that that he's felt uh, comfortable and he, he's felt that he got better every game, and and I'd agree on that. And and I I would guess that that's kind of the feeling uh, going into camp because um, or going into sorry the the. Uh, uh, regular season because uh, ahead of of uh, the opening match against Toronto is up on the uh, second line with um, at least it was in practice with um, uh, countryman Kokanyemi and and uh, Domi on the Max Domi on the left side. So I think he showed um, uh, that 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 he belonged and and maybe a little bit higher in the lineup than people were expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and the Canadians went ahead and and uh, and well first to waivers but then they cleared waivers and and put uh, Chapu and and uh, and Agostino on waivers on their way to Laval. On their way to Laval, the Flyers also um, did end up uh, making some cuts as well. Although their their outing against the Bruins looked good, you know. Um, uh, in in a different form than the Canadian, the Canadians still had a lot of bubble players. Uh, the Flyers got some guys out out on the ice who had not really been out. Uh, Couturier played in that game, and Wayne Simmons made his first uh, appearance off of injury, um, and he ended up. Uh, Simmons had, um, I believe, he had a shorthanded goal. No, I'm sorry. That was Michael Raffle. Simmons, Simmons did have a goal in the third period. Um, Taylor Lear had a had the the first goal of the of the day. Uh, he was still fighting for a roster spot, but he is one of the ones who was sent, um, uh, actually put on waivers along with Dale Weiss, which I have to say was surprising to see Dale Weiss hit the waiver wire. And some will say, oh, you know, Dale, the time has come and gone on Dale Weiss, but. Preseason games that I saw of Dale Weiss, I actually got to see three Flyers preseason games uh, in in person, uh, and Dale Weiss didn't look bad. I mean, fourth liner for sure, um, but had some solid play. Was surprised to see him hit the waiver wire. Um, Dale Weiss seems to make a a play on every shift, um, and and as you said, he's he's not getting a, a lot of ice time, but he's making the most of it. And whether it's a whether it's a hit, whether it's a smart defensive play, or um, uh, you know even even uh, going to the net and and uh, and and got a goal in in one of the games that uh, that I saw, um, he's he's a bit of a, a spark plug out there. He still skates well, mm-hmm. uh, very smart. Um, it doesn't take a lot of penalties for the kind of role that he plays doesn't take dumb penalties anyway. Um, and, and I, 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 a numbers game for sure, but, um, I, I thought, uh, he played well enough in, in the preseason to earn a spot. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, 
the other guys who were sent, oddly enough, Philippe Myers had been sent down to Lehigh Valley, um, but then was recalled on Saturday prior to the Boston game. Um, but then he's been sent back to Lehigh Valley again. So I don't know if they sent him back and then, oh, maybe we should take one more look or if there was an injury. I'm not quite sure what happened there, but he did go back to uh, Lehigh Valley, as did Carter Hart. Um, And we're going to talk about the goaltending situation uh, there in in just a moment. But Carter Hart had a decent outing um, for, for camp, but he was sent back to Lehigh Valley as well. Uh, and you can hear we have post-game audio with Carter Hart, Scott Lawton, um, Mikhail Vorobiev, and James Van Riemsdyk from Thursday night's game on AHL.Report. So if you head over to that recap from that game, uh, you can watch video highlights and so forth. But there is audio from not only Coach Dave Hackstall, but those four players as well with, with some good insight towards the end of camp. Boy, Vorobiev was good. Um I, I I've seen yeah, him yeah. less obviously than than you have, but I was I was pretty impressed and and particularly the the chemistry that seems to be developing between him and and JVR. Absolutely, and and Hackstall went with that uh, with that line again on Saturday uh, with with Reamer, uh, Vorobiev, and Simmons as a third line, um, which. I don't mind that third line at all. That's uh, it's quite a it's quite a, a third line. And as you say, Vorobiev and Van Riemsdyk seem to feed really well off of one another. So um, we'll see if that continues now that the regular season is starting. And JVR had been tried with there was the the second line of uh, Nolan Patrick um, and Voracek. And uh, there was one game that we saw with, with uh, JVR on that line, but it just didn't, he didn't mesh very well with those other two players. Um, and, uh, but, but seemed much better with Barovia. Absolutely. I, I, I agree completely. Um, so speaking of, as we're talking about, you know, cuts, um, I, Mark Friedman was also sent down for, uh, for the Flyers. He was also sent down, um, to the Phantoms. Uh, but there were some trades happening as well. Um, and some waiver claims have just recently happened today. I guess we should, we should first Rick talk about um, the happenings in Montreal. Um, as far as trades go, uh, big trade happened yesterday Um Maybe not, you know, some people, maybe not in terms of personnel, but the impact of the trade, I think, is is notable. Um, the Canadians made a trade with Calgary, bringing defenseman Brett Kulak, who played in the NHL last season, almost for the, for the whole season, played 71 games, I think. I think he had a couple of goals, a few assists. Traded him for Renat Valiev and Matt Tarmina, and Kulak is expected to report to the Rocket. I, for one, almost fell off my chair. Um, Valiev is a is a young, eager talent, and Tarmina is just steady, reliable, has skill, 
is a is a big fan favorite here in the East and just provides a lot of veteran leadership uh, and character in the room. I'm really surprised, Rick, to see to see these two packaged up for Brett Kulak. Well, um, yeah, I, I think that the 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 surprise there is that um, Taramina and Valley have, along with Brett Learnout, um, those three are were expected to be the cornerstone, the cornerstones of the the Lavelle Rocket defense, um, and you know bo- both Valley have. Yeah, Valiev still has uh, a potential to to be an NHL defenseman. Um, you know, he he had some um, when he came over uh, at the end of the last season after the trade deadline. He had some injury problems and really didn't get a chance to um, to, to show what what he could do. Uh, didn't look too bad in in training camp, uh, but but still has has some potential there. Matt Termina is is just a solid, solid AHL and an, an all star, a perennial all star in the, yeah. the AHL. Whether it was with Syracuse, uh, remember Larry Carrier saying, um, "Termina was the guy who killed us uh, whenever we played Syracuse." So we went out and signed him. We went out and got. Him. Um, and last season. Um, I, I should have I should have it in front of me. I don't. Um, but even with all his, he had some injury issues. But even with that, I believe he was third in the AHL, if my memory serves, third in the AHL in assists. Um, he's just uh, an assist machine. He's very creative. Um, he's very uh, poised on the ice. Um, he he uh, is a great puck mover um, and a, a power play quarterback. Um, and he just can do so many things for you. Plus the fact that he's, he's the kind of veteran um, who's uh, respected in, in uh, kind of quiet leadership, respected in the locker room. And the difficulty is that with, with the Canadians, um, uh, the Canadians organization um, letting Chris Terry and, and Adam Cracknell go, uh, Adam Cracknell, uh, you know, particularly on the leadership side there, but you know, there's uh, Chris Terry being the the AHL's um, um, scoring leader last year. Adam Cracknell had 29, 30 goals as well. Um, that's mm-hmm. between Terramina, uh, Terry, Cracknell. That's a lot of offense that that you're giving up, um, and. Uh, you know, I, it's 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 going to be tough. Now, I understand. I understand that the benefit of this is that it it frees up a contract, and the Canadians are 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 in uh, con- the number of contracts are an issue. Uh, they have forty seven contracts, the total, of course, being fifty, um, and uh, they they seem to be wanting to offer a, 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 a contract to Simone Dupre. So one's going to be eaten up there. Um, right. Kale, Kale Fleury is not going to go back to junior this year. Uh, he hasn't signed a, an entry-level contract yet. Uh, they seem to be wanting to, to have one uh, contract available for, for him. So um, they, they knock a contract down by, by trading both Valley Evan Tormina and, and taking back Kulak. Now, 
um, you know, I guess people are praising Bergevin for, you know, he's so smart. He's, he's traded to, and he's reduced his contract level, but, but keep in mind, this is a self-made problem. He wouldn't be in contract difficulty if, you know, you look at the contracts to, to, to Teasdale or, or Alain, um, mm-hmm. Verbeek, Agostino, Chapouche, and Carrick, all of those, um, you know, ahead of, of taking care of your own draft pick like Cal Fleury. Um, so he makes his, his own mess and then has to clean them up. And, and uh, I, think, I think that's what's going on here. Well, I did just take a look. Uh, you are correct. Matt Tarmina was third overall in the AHL last year on assists with 48 assists in 63 games played. As you mentioned, mm-hmm. he did have some injury uh, during the month of January. So 48 assists in 63 games is, is not anything to sniff at. That's, that's a pretty substantial impact on a team that could not generate offense last year. Absolutely. And it has to be, it has to be replaced somehow um, this year. And as I mentioned with, with Terry and Cracknell as well. Well, I, uh, and I see that uh, the Marlies have a, a final preseason game today and look at that. The uh, starting first line center is Adam Cracknell. So that tells you uh, that he is still highly valued uh, as an offensive forward. Um, so good luck to him if, with the Marlies. If Go anybody's ahead. questioning the, the value of, of Adam Cracknell, uh, there was a piece by James Myrtle in The Athletic talking about how Kyle Dubas, um, you know, you think of all the the uh, the talent that the the Leafs have and and the moves that they made. Adam Cracknell was signed on July first. Uh, he was one of the the first guys that Dubas went out and, and got. Mm-hmm. And 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 when asked why, Dubas said, um, you know, Laval didn't have a very good team last year, but Adam Cracknell was a pain in the ass to play against, and so. Um, I wanted to go get him. Um, so these these players are are they may not be known valued. to 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 fans, but they are they are valued uh, throughout the league. And and um, and Dubas didn't waste any time in signing Cracknell and and uh, adding him to that that Marley's locker room. Well, it's a very shrewd decision. Uh, by Dubas as he has uh, is quickly gaining a reputation for, for doing. Um, and quite frankly, uh, they're going to need all the offense they can get because I don't know what they're going to do to stop pucks this season. Um, the other big blockbuster news uh, off the waiver wire today, um, Garrett Sparks, rightfully so, uh, did a tremendous job for the Marlies last year. He has officially earned a place on the opening night roster for the for the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, as the backup goaltender. Uh, and that just meant that um, Curtis McElhenney and Calvin Pickard had to be exposed to waivers to send them down to, uh, to, to the Marlies um, now that training camps are done and, and, and things need to, to get shored up there. Um, but I don't think that uh, them hitting the waiver wire, Rick, went the way that 
Toronto thought it was going to. Well, yeah, the the quote from from um, uh, Mike Babcock was uh, great for Mac, great for pick, uh, tough for our depth. And mm-hmm. um, he was talking about um, Curtis McElhaney um, getting claimed on waivers and going to Carolina Hurricanes and uh, Calvin Pickard going to your Philadelphia Flyers with uh, all their their injuries in in the goal department. So, um, yeah, the 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 uh, the Leafs and and the Marlies um, particularly um, giving up two pretty solid goaltenders. Uh, you you yeah. think of Cal- Calvin Picard had a had a pretty good uh, year last year as well, coming off being the the starting goaltender in Colorado and then coming to um, uh, to the Marlies and, and doing a great job backing up um, Garrett Sparks, who was the, the AHL's best goaltender last year. And as you said, deservedly so uh, gets the, the backup role to, to Frederick Dan- Anderson. But um, this, this is, uh, this is a, something that, that the Leafs are going to have to absorb and, and, and deal with losing both of their goaltenders who are destined for the Marlies. Yeah. Well, and and creates an interesting problem for the Flyers' goaltending depth depth to have. You know, as is the joke, it's always something about goaltenders in Philadelphia. Um, so Neuberth is injured. Alex Lyon is injured. So you've got Brian Elliott, who's just back off of injury, who I don't think has looked exceptional uh, in his couple of games in the preseason. Uh, you've got Anthony Stolarz. You've got Carter Hart. And I know the Phantoms had signed at least one goaltender on a PTO just to cover their last preseason game um, last week. So now you have Calvin Pickard as well. Well, okay, so let's say everybody stays where they're at. Noivy comes back uh, off of his injury. And so you've got Neuberth and Elliott as the tandem in Philadelphia. And so then that leaves you with Anthony Stolarz, Alex Lyon, and Calvin Pickard in Lehigh Valley, you can't send – I don't know what you do at that point, Rick. I mean, you cannot send and one of Carter those guys Hart. to the East. And Carter Hart. Yeah. It's four. You can't send any of those guys to the ECHL. It would be doing all four of them a disservice. None of them are ECHL-level goaltenders. So what do you do at that point? Well, I guess they'll cross that bridge when <laughs> when, when they <laughs> face it. And I, and I guess – Given the the injury history, um, you know, is is there going to be a time this season when all that tandem of goalies is going to be healthy? Um, probably that's, not. That's probably the question that that Hextall is asking himself. Well, so since we are on the uh, the AHL preseason wrap up. Um, We've kind of started there with with the Flyers, and we can just briefly say that the Flyers had a had a decent preseason. They ended up uh, they had three preseason games. They played once uh, in Wilkesbury, where they did drop that game to the Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins. However, they hosted the Charlotte Checkers twice at home at the PPL Center, and they won both of those games. So, uh, two and one for the preseason for the Phantoms, looking pretty decent, uh, and that was without their full stock of of. 
um, weapons since a lot of uh, a lot of their big guys were still up with the Flyers. So things looking like they'll shape up fairly well for the Phantoms again this year. Um, I'm sure they're looking to have another strong season like they did going all the way to the conference final last year. Uh, Laval, on the other hand, who Laval Rick had two preseason games this weekend. Both of them were in Belleville. Um, both games apparently were were pure evaluation. Uh, the the guys who were sent uh, who cleared waivers uh, t- kind of midweek last week um, were uh, did not play in either of these games. So it looks like they were really evaluating the overabundance of players that they have available to them in Laval. Um, and man, did they just get buried by Be- by the Belleville Senators? They got shut out five to nothing on the first game. Uh, on um, Friday night, um, McNiven started in goal that night. Etienne Marcoux came in halfway through. Um, and then the following night, they switched. Marcoux got the start for the first half, and then McNiven came in. Um, but they lost 4-2 to two to Belleville on Saturday night as well. So winless in the preseason, um, six goals against, two goals for, against the Belleville Senators, that's just, that's, that, that, that can't bode exceptionally well. Um, and I know we're going to get to some, some things with winners and losers after the, after our first break, uh, probably related to this a little bit, but just not a great showing right out of the gate. I know I'm the math guy here, but it's actually nine goals against. Sorry. Yeah. I'm looking at a score that says four to two and I'm, yeah, no, it's, yeah. No, you're right. Nine goals against, two goals for. And 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 to to repeat, against the Belleville Senators, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think anybody's expecting the Belleville Senators to be at the top of the standings when the season finishes. Um, you know, I I th- I think part of it, part of it too, is all the um, uh, higher expectations and. Um, you know, new coaching staff, uh, almost complete. There's only three players left on the roster from, from last year or thereabouts. Uh, completely mm-hmm. overhauled roster, uh, tons of signings um, um, that, that Joe Bouchard kind of brought with him, uh, his players. Uh, all the hype about the practice, that the practice was incredibly intense and it, it was – difficult and demanding and, and Joel Bouchard saying development um, is not our primary concern here. It's, it's winning. And, and as long as, as there's time on the clock and as long as there's breath in my body, I'm going to, we're going to win. And then to, I mean, the, the Canadians didn't look that great in the rookie tournament either. No, um, they did not. And then to to go in and and, uh, and well, they didn't lose. win in the rookie tournament either. Well, that's right. And and so this this is I I, I know it's it, you don't have your complete roster and but neither team does. Um, so I think I think it's a, a red flag. Let's just put that uh, out there that uh, losing and the way they lost. Uh, and to the degree that they lost uh, has yeah. to be a little concerning. And, um, yeah, and, and, you know, you, you can complain about, I, I think a, 
a coach is going to go pretty gray fast if he complains about not having his full lineup in the AHL. Um, that's kind of that's kind of the the way that's it the is status in, quo in the, in the AHL. AHL. Yeah. That's that's what you're there for. So uh, a little concerning, but but let's let's uh, let's see how how it what happens when the the regular season season actually gets underway. Well, in in the second game where they lost four to two, the two goals that they scored were from Nikita Yevpolovs and Jake Evans. But here's what's also concerning: so they lost that game four to two, and it looks like Belleville had twenty shots on goal in the whole game. Marcou made ten saves. McNiven stopped six. Four of them got through. That is not, again, you're the math guy, but that ratio doesn't sound too good to me. <laughs> well, and, and Charlie, Charlie Lindgren is going to help. Charlie Lindgren yes. in goal, he'll get the, the majority of the starts, we're guessing, and, and that's going to help. He However, um, Charlie Lindgren didn't have a lot of help last year. And, um, and although he was satisfied with his play, um, and, um, um, you know, his, the coaching staff was, was satisfied with his play. Uh, it was frustrating for him because, because he didn't have the defensively, uh, Laval was, was the worst team in the league, uh, as far as the number of goals they gave up and, um, and, and it wasn't a goaltending issue. The defense was terrible. Um, and, uh, and they, they just weren't scoring. Not at all. But, hey, you know what they were able to do? They were able to drop the gloves twice and get two fights in. So there's that. Well, that seems to be a priority uh, under the current coaching staff. So they should be yeah, happy well, with that, I guess. Well, we'll pro- I imagine that we might uh, delve a little more into that uh, on the other side of this break when we get to our inaugural version uh, at segment of winners and losers of the week so don't go anywhere we are going to be right back after this brief break and we will reveal this week's winners and losers from the press box is proud to be a partner of rocket sports media digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites in addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans the team at rsm is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media. 
ahl.report. All right, Rick. New segment coming this year, weekly winners and losers. So let's start on a happy note because we all know all right. I'm, a little, I'm a little chippy today. <laughs> so before I, go, before I go off on a tangent about something, let's start with something happy and, and start with the winners. Um, I am actually handing this week, my winner for this week, uh, to the Philadelphia Flyers uh, and, and their coaching and management staff. And here is why. No, it's not because of Gritty. Although I do love, I, I now officially love Gritty. And I'm going to talk about Gritty before the end of the show a little bit more. But, okay. Aside from Gritty being the winner of the week, really. Um, an interesting thing, you know, we've covered the Canadians organization for quite a long time. Um, and we've participated in plenty of, of post-game scrums and interviews and, and things of that nature. It was really refreshing to me to walk into the Flyers locker room at the Wells Fargo Center on Thursday night. And there was a scrum. You, you mentioned Mikhail Vorobiev and, and what a great preseason he had paired, uh, you know, doing really well uh, centering a line with James Van Riemsdyk. It was really refreshing to see this young man who I, I don't know enough about him personally yet. I, I'm not sure if, if he speaks some English, um, but just isn't super comfortable with it, or if he speaks no English at all, but he's, he's in a press scrum after the game with a Russian translator. And maybe to anyone else, you know, listening to this or Flyers fans listening to this, or, or even fellow colleagues of ours who are in the Flyers media, maybe you're thinking, okay, well, well, naturally. Yeah. So what's the big deal? Well, here's to me, a, that is never that is something we would never see in Montreal. Um, if no. it was a if no. it was a if it was a player who wasn't that strong with their English, you, th- th- he just wouldn't be made available to the media. Um, but to see a player be able to do a scrum in his in his first language with a translator there, making everything comfortable for him, I was just that to me. I was like, wow. That's that's a management system that gets it and pays attention to the details of the things that help make their players more comfortable and feel at home. And I just I applaud them for that. That's that's fantastic. And and yes, <laughs> uh, Montreal Canadiens take note. Um, it you know it, it doesn't have to be these language issues or language battles or um, sometimes it's pretty simple to to figure this stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so do you have a winner this week? I do. Um, this is uh, a player that um, Canadians fans knew briefly, um, and he's now um, in the Buffalo Sabres organization, and it is Zach Redman. Uh, 30-year-old defenseman, puck-moving defenseman. Uh, boy, the Canadians could use one of those right now. Um, Zach Redman was um, uh, traded for Nicholas Delorier. Um, and um, in 
Mark Bergevin's uh, little sit down with uh, the, the crew from Sportsnet, he took a shot at, um, he, he talked about acquiring Nicholas Delorier and, and, and that he's a fan favorite uh, playing for the Canadians now. And that, Oh, that Redmond guy is, is, is uh, stuck in the AHL, um, which, uh, you know, Mark Bergevin talks a lot about attitude, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, you kind of wonder where the attitude issue really is, because uh, Zach Redman is one of the most decent, uh, honorable, uh, caring, um, team-first kind of guys in the AHL, uh, in hockey. Uh, in hockey, mm-hmm. he's 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 uh, just a great guy. Um, he 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 had a very good year last year. In fact. Uh, there's an article in the, the Buffalo News that uh, he was uh, the, the most valuable player on the Amherst uh, last season, uh, a real leader um, on and off the ice, quiet leader, um, and and kind of leads by example. And, and um, uh, he probably had a lot of options um, uh, when he hit the market this year, but um, – uh, this summer, but the, the, the Sabres were anxious to get him all locked up. Um, uh, Jason Botterill uh, signed him to a, an AHL contract, but a, uh, a two-year deal with which Zach wanted. And, and, um, and so he's, he's, you know, he probably still has uh, some NHL uh, games left in him, uh, but he's kind of embraced this role that he's, He's um, he has in Rochester and um, um, he loves being there um, and the, the fans of he's become a real fan favorite that the fans have uh, embraced him and talking to the, the media in, in Rochester. Um, they they don't look back for one in, in, instance, um, you know, Delore was a bit of a a disrupting force in, in the locker room when he was there. And, uh, and uh, Zach Redman has been a, uh, a real calming force and a, and a real glue guy to, to be able to come in. And, um, and so for him uh, signing his, his two year contract and now getting ready to uh, start a, a new season with, with Rochester who actually made the, the playoffs for the first time in a long time last year. Mm-hmm. Um in that new renovated, uh, I'll call it the War Memorial. I guess it's called the Blue Cross Arena. They spent eighteen million dollars over the summer for jumbotron and other things. Uh, they're going to have fun this year, and and yeah. uh, and first pairing uh, on the defense is going to be Zach Redman, and so he gets my winner of the week. Excellent, I agree. Um, you know, Zach Zach Redman, solid player. Uh, has plenty of talent and glad to see that he's finding some success uh, there in Rochester and in the Buffalo Sabres organization. Um, So really glad, really glad to see that. Uh, So I went first for the winners. I I will, I will allow you to go first for the losers. Who's your loser of the week? Well, you're um, talking about the, the Flyers organization and going the extra the extra step with their uh, young players, their prospects, um, you know, th- just a, a little detail like bringing in a translator um, that kind of um, highlighted for me, the fact that those are the kinds of things 
that the Montreal Canadiens rarely do. And mm-hmm. we know over the years that uh, there's been a lot of complaints about um, them not taking care of their younger players, um, not, not um, uh, setting up young players in, in uh, a living situation that, that's comfortable for them when they come to Montreal. So some of their younger players get in trouble when they come to the big city or even in, in um, you know, when, when they were in St. John's and, and Hamilton prior to that. Um, that that players were kind of left to their own, and and I I always remember that story about Magnus Negren, and uh, it was his brother. Uh, the two of them they they uh, they didn't know the the Hamilton Burlington area, and and so they uh, they got accommodations in a pretty rough area of town, and and they were assaulted and jewelry stolen, and and Negren said that's that was enough, and and and. Uh, and he was he was a good defenseman. He had I think he still has the record for the hardest shot in AHL All Star game. Um, but he said that was enough that uh, he wasn't putting his life at risk and 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 went back. Um, but my my focus here is on um, the the whole uh, preseason has been about Jesperi Kotkanemi. It's been a wonderful story. He's been the story that the Canadians marketing folks have been milking. Uh, mm-hmm. Throughout, uh, with, with the Canadians not having uh, high expectations, they need some good news stories, and, and Kotkaniemi has been one of those. But to read that um, his first preseason game, which was was against the um, uh, New Jersey Devils, and and that was a game he 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 struggled uh, for the first two periods, but scored uh, in the third period, and the 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 roof of the Bell Center came off, and and uh, it was a great moment, and and what a great moment for um, a, uh, an eighteen-year-old like that to share with his family. Mm-hmm. Except they couldn't. Absolutely, they couldn't because uh, there was Mikhail and and Katie, um, uh, uh, Jasperi's uh, uh, parents, uh, back in Finland, uh, in Pori, Finland, and they couldn't get the game. Um, all of the streaming options that they found were geo-blocked and they couldn't get the game um, and see their son in his first pro action. Um, And so the the game was starting at 2 a.m. in Finland, so they went to bed. And it wasn't until the next morning uh, that they found out um, when uh, their son phoned home um, to, to let them know that that he had scored and, and, uh, and to kind of share that moment over the phone, but how much better would it have been if, if they were able to actually watch the game and, and how difficult would it have been for the Montreal Canadians, the Montreal Canadians, um, this storied franchise within the NHL to provide a stream to the parents, uh, the, 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 the parents or the direct family members of their young prospects. How difficult would that have been? Wouldn't have been difficult at all. And even if they, you know, there's some sort of um, league reg- regulations, they could have, they could have uh, footed the, foot the bill for it. And, and um, there, there was some way of, of including the families. There was some way of going to that extra step. Um, mm-hmm. And the Canadians didn't do it. Uh, they dropped the ball um, huge on that. And, and for that, um, they as an organization, for the treatment of the younger players, are going to get moved. 
That's awful, first of all. Um, you know, and I certainly I certainly hope for his first game, his first actual regular season NHL game tomorrow night in Toronto, where he very well, who knows, who knows what will happen, but whenever his first regular NHL goal comes, I certainly hope his parents are able to see it if they are not in the building. Uh, and I certainly hope that's something that the Canadians rectify before before it's too late. Um, my loser of the week kind of goes hand-to-hand with yours a bit um, as far as young players, except that, unfortunately, my loser this week is is any of the young prospects who are in Laval. Um, and this kind of is a continuation off of our conversation about how the preseason went for Laval. Um, you You mentioned how there was a lot of uh, bluster and a lot of hype from the coaching staff early on about how, you know, winning, uh, you know, anytime there was time left on the clock, we're going to win, we're going to win, we're going to win. And you and I spoke plenty over the summer on this program about how we were very anxious about that philosophy because, the AHL, especially with the number of young prospects that they do have and rookies this year, um, needs to be about development and and molding young players and getting them ready to play in the NHL um, and not at a win-at-all-cost kind of thing. Um, and fun, funny enough, they go out and, well, during the, we mentioned how during the rookie tournament, they didn't win either of those games, but they did manage to lose uh, two players in consecutive games to injury. Uh, Both had to be stretchered off the ice. And if, if, if you remember, Joel Bouchard allegedly then ripped into his players and did it uh, in the post-game presser as well, that he, he wasn't satisfied with the fact that, uh, the guys on the ice didn't step up and pound whoever had had sent uh, Tishka or or Jake Evans uh, off the ice on a stretcher. And again, we we talked about how okay, well, you know, the rookie tournament is not really the place for that, and and that's something maybe, you know, that comes with team bonding. It comes once once you're in camp and and things of that nature. And it seems that that message has carried through to AHL training camp. As I said, they only could muster two goals in both games, but they did manage to get two fights in. Not, I'm sorry, but that's not the priority here, and that's not the priority of something to be teaching a young player. On top of that, now, apparently, the, the tune is, oh, well, okay, we didn't win either of these two preseason games, but you know, it's not really about winning during the preseason. So are we at a place where the coaching staff is either going to say, it's all about winning, it's all about winning, it's all about winning, or are they going to say, well, but it's not about winning all the time. Is that is that tune going to change regardless, depending on whether or not the team won or lost on any particular evening? Because that's not how it goes. You either focus on development with a goal of winning, of course. De- focusing on development doesn't mean losing. It just means prioritizing 
players who are young prospects and not burying them on the depth chart in favor of a bunch of veterans who are just going to get you the wins. So if you're a young prospect on the Laval Rocket right now, I think, Rick, I think you were the one who told me that um, those guys got put through their paces and practices this week during training camp, that practices were running two, two and a half hours long. Um, that, I mean, you can't do that during a 76-game season. Guys are going to have nothing left in the tank by the time they play games on the weekends if you're running practices that hard. I just – I'm – we have, we've expressed concern from the get-go about the, the coaching philosophy with this new uh, staff that was coming into Laval and how things have gone during the rookie tournament and now during preseason leaves me even more concerned for the young players and prospects who are there to develop and learn um, about, about their well-being in terms of their hockey career and what they're going to be taught moving forward. Yeah, I think that um, we express some concern that, that uh, there's zero uh, pro coaching experience behind the bench. Um, zero. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that it's different. Uh, it's different coaching a, a 15 or 16 year old to a 22 year old. Um, and I, I guess, no, I, I have nothing wrong with, with making sure that players are accountable and knowing and, and, and conveying expectations. And so that players know where they stand. Um, I guess the incident that kind of stuck out for me in practice this week, um, that uh, the head coach screamed, uh, stop practice screamed at, at uh, apparently there was a lot of screaming going on, but screamed at his, his team and said, uh, and there's a fair bit of profanity as well. Uh, I want you to effing smoke them. Just scream that out to to his players. Uh, And then when the whistle blew, um, I don't remember who it was, but defenseman just absolutely did that and smoked Jake Evans, who ended up uh, on flat on his back. And um, Jake Evans, who who, uh, one of those players that you mentioned uh, in the rookie tournament was stretched off and Jake Evans, uh, who is, is uh, recovering from concussion uh, symptoms. That probably wasn't uh, necessarily a, a a good idea um, to um, to be inflicting that kind of damage on your own players in practice. No, and you know, on top of that, we you know we've been hearing you had mentioned this uh, earlier in the week. You know there seems to be an awful lot of, of chatter about just how well received this, all of this new coaching style is, whether it's the players, whether it's the fans, whether, and I just, let's not hype things up before we see results because frankly, as of right now, there haven't been results. There weren't any results in the rookie tournament and there haven't been any results in preseason. Now this weekend, they play their first two actual games and it'll be interesting to see what kind of lineup they ice because they've got practically enough players to, to form two full teams. 
And without an ECHL affiliate, I really don't know how you juggle that. That's a, that's another part of why the young prospects in Laval are my are unfortunately my losers this week because I have a feeling a lot of them are going to end up in the press box because of the fact that the Canadians decided not to have an ECHL affiliate this year. Um, where other guys could be sent down, make room for your prospects. I, I, I think it's a gigantic hot mess right now. And I'm, everyone else can, you know, all the fans out there, I appreciate if you're excited for a new season and you're excited for Will Bitten being there and, and Lucas Vedemo being there. And, and, you know, I'm excited to see what those guys are going to bring as well. I'm just, I'm apprehensive as to the, the route that they're taking to get there. And I'm not convinced yet that it's going to be a successful one. And, and just to be clear, so I'm clear and the listeners are clear. You're not calling the, the, the players, the prospects themselves losers. It's the situation no. that they find, they find themselves in. I, I feel that they are losing out basically. Mm. Um, and I hope that, I hope that ends up being wrong. I hope, uh, you know, I want nothing more than to see Laval have a successful season, and I want every one of those prospects to have a, a good experience and learn a lot of, of good hockey knowledge uh, throughout the course of the year. i just not happy with what I'm seeing so far. So we will see. That is uh, this week's winners and losers here on From the Press Box. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we're just going to quickly uh, go over the first regular season games coming up this weekend and where you can see rocket sports media coverage. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. From the press box is proud to be a partner of rocket sports media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report. And watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at AllHabs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. All right. Well, with that being said, Rick, there are we have finally hit the end of preseason. I know I, I know the Crunch and the Marlies are playing their final preseason game right now as we speak, but okay. For all intents and purposes, the regular season is upon us. Woohoo! Uh, and so that means we've got regular season action coming up this weekend. Uh, for those of you who will be looking for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, they have two games this weekend. Both are at home at PPL Center in Allentown. That is Saturday. They host Bridgeport, the, uh, the Sound Tigers at 7.05 Eastern. And actually, I take that back. They have one game this weekend. So just Saturday, that is their only game. Uh, this weekend uh, for their opening weekend. Laval, however, does have two games this weekend. They play Saturday and Sunday on the road. Uh, they open their season at Providence facing the Bruins, uh, which will be an interesting test for them at their first uh, first game out of the gate after this preseason of theirs. Providence uh, 
looks pretty good so far this year. And then they travel on Sunday to Hartford where they take on the Wolfpack uh, for a matinee game at three o'clock. Um, so you can expect to get some coverage from our Rocket Sports team uh, this weekend for those Laval games. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at the AHL Report. Uh, you can also follow me at Flyers Roll on Twitter. Uh, I'll have all sorts of uh, Laval Rocket Road game coverage for you. And be sure to follow Rick as well at All Habs. He'll have updates for the Canadians uh, and, and also some Laval updates as well. Um, but the great thing is, Rick, we talked about how uh, we're all anxiously waiting to see what this new streaming platform for uh, the AHL is going to look like this year. Um, it's been less than <laughs> less than stellar in previous years. Uh, so very excited to see what that's going to look like. But the great thing is um, they're giving folks a deal for their inaugural weekend. Do you I like, I like free. Do you like free? I love free. Of course I do. Free is it's good. Free? It's free. Wow. For four days, October 5th through 8th, AHL TV is going to be free to anyone who has an AHL TV account. So you don't have to subscribe or purchase anything to open an account. You just go, you sign up, you register for a free account. And October 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th, all AHL games will be free to watch. So it gives you a good glimpse of what you're buying. But it also means that you can watch uh, the Laval Rocket on the road this weekend if you want, or the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, or any of your AHL teams that you enjoy following. Um, And that goes through the 8th, which is Monday, which is Thanksgiving, for those of you in Canada. And that day there will be a matinee. Uh, It'll be the Marley's Calder Cup banner raising home opener that afternoon. So you might not want to miss that either, because that's probably going to be pretty good. Uh, so, so yeah, free. We like free. Fantastic. And, and really, when you look at uh, compared to uh, what the prices have been for the, the, uh, the season coverage, either for one uh, team or the, the entire league, um, it's it's a pretty good value, I think. Um, the 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 uh, packages have been re- the prices have been restructured and and uh, and with the much better quality. It, it it sounds. Let's hope we'll we'll know after we after this weekend uh, when we see what the quality is like. But it sounds like it's going to be a good deal. Absolutely, and I and I'm hoping. Uh, you know, with a commitment to to good quality HD coverage, I think it's going to be a good product. Um, looking forward to uh, testing it out this weekend for sure. And that just about brings us to the end of the show this week. Um, I know I'm going to be on Gritty Watch for the rest of the week. He continues to entertain. He's been on, I don't know, at least like a dozen different national television programs by now. So it's my entertainment for the week until we can get to some regular season games. We've got the NHL season kicking off tomorrow night. Uh, the Habs have a, have their first game tomorrow night. Flyers play their first game on the road in Las Vegas on set on Thursday. And then we get into that NA, uh, AHL action this weekend. Um, and what do you know, Rick, we are back in it. It hockey season has officially arrived and we're kicking off another brand new season. Absolutely. And Make sure that that uh, 
you get all of your information from our social media accounts. But but mm-hmm. uh, if if uh, t- take the podcast with you, you can you can listen to it on any of your favorite uh, podcast platforms. Um, I, I mentioned them last week. They are iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher. Tune in radio. All you have to do is search for Rocket Sports Radio, Rocket Sports Radio. Search for that. You'll get from the press box. You'll also get our NHL uh, cast, the the uh, Canadians connection. Um, I got uh, some DMs said, uh, what about Podcast Attic? Yes, um, Rocket Sports Radio. Search uh, for Rocket Sports Radio on Podcast Attic. What about CastBox? Yes search for rocket sports radio. So whatever platform you use for your podcast, search for rocket sports radio. You'll get from the press box. You'll get Canadians connection. You'll be all set. Love it. Great programming here uh, on rocket sports media and rocket sports radio. Rick, this was a jam packed show and the season hasn't even begun looking forward to, to getting this season kicked off here at the AHL report. It's going to be great. Look forward to, to, to our team really knocking it out of the park again this year um, and looking forward to what's in store for our first show of the official like regular season recaps next week. Thanks for being here with me today. Thrilled to be here. Thanks for hosting and, and uh, we'll catch up on the action next week. Sounds great. We'll see you back here next Tuesday on From the Press Box here at the AHL Report. Until then, have a great week and enjoy hockey season being back and keep on